Hey guys, this is Darren. Welcome to Drop the Mic Podcast number 25. Wow, it's been 25 podcasts already. And we've got awesome ones coming up. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's 25. Hey, just wanted to give you a couple of quick updates on some stuff. Um, first, um, there's a really great event coming up on April 3rd. We wanted to let you know about Echoes of Love, raising funds for suicide prevention with music. We'll be at the Bitter End in New York City, uh, 147 Bleecker Street, um, April 3rd, 7 p.m. If you want to get tickets, um, it's going to be, uh, just check them out at Echoes Love 5, that's E-C-H-O-E-S-L-O-V-E, the number 5, dot eventbrite.com. It's being hosted by Kwat and Kadwani and actually uh, our podcast guest um, Chris Saunders is actually going to be performing there so you'll get to listen to some of his music as well it's going to be a great event obviously it's a great cause um, for you know obviously using music to uh, support the the fight against suicide and um, you know you should definitely check it out if you have time on April 3rd again it's April 3rd 7pm the Bitter End in New York City, 147 Bleecker Street. And you can get tickets at E-C-H-O-E-S-L-O-V-E, the number 5, dot eventbrite.com. Definitely come check it out. It's going to be a great event. And then on the next day, obviously, we have our um, another interesting mixer. And this is actually a... a, a, a not a new event, but it's a redo event because we had a snowstorm um, in March and didn't get to do our one then. So we're going to, we moved to table fourth, going to be same place, Dewey's Pub, industry people, film, music, TV, VR. Come on out if you, you know, want to meet and mix with fellow filmmakers, writers, actors, producers, editors, cinematographers. We'll all be there um, hanging out at Dewey's Pub, 6 to 9 p.m. And you can register online if you go up to our website, nyfilmloft.com. Um, go to our events section. Um, you'll find uh, information on how to register. All right. Um, on this podcast, we have two like amazing guys. Um, Signan Tewil, the producer, Chris Saunders, the writer, um, producer, and song uh, performer, um, uh, just released a new album, Liquid Therapy, which is out on iTunes and Spotify and basically everywhere else that you can find music. So definitely go up there and download the album and listen, give it a listen, especially um, the new, uh, new song, which is out, Ghosts, and uh, the new music video, which is available on YouTube. So check that out as well. Um, yeah, it was a great podcast. We did it a little unusually different. Um, we were hanging out at the Citizen M Hotel. So shout outs to Citizen M Hotel in New York City on 50th Street and 8th Avenue for uh, allowing us to come here and do our podcast. Um, it was a great conversation. Um, we just sat around over you know, a brew and had some talk about music. And um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So I'm not going to talk too much more. I'm going to let this podcast kick off. So uh, let's do that thing.
<laughs> yeah, we started already. So... So... Chris, I've got questions, man. But... I've just... I, uh... I'm ambushing you. I'm So... The good, the show's good, right? The the last show of Connellation. Um, what do you like playing? Why do you like playing there? Uh, you played there a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably like tenth, twelfth time. Um, I mean, it's, I like the central location, right in the heart of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's like right next to Times Square, right near here. We have a good the, the music the music's good there. I remember when we did the music showcase. That showcase was yeah, it was you know it was a little bit challenging, but whatever. Uh-huh. Um, um, good yeah, 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 yeah. What's the that, that's always a funny thing. The shows like I only say when people say, "Why do you like that place?" I say because the sound is good. But that's only because I hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. I hear something different on the stage. So the sound sounded great. Yeah. Sounded great. Yeah. So speaking of the fact that it sounds di- as a as a person, so I've always wondered like when you're up on stage, like what's it feel like? like? Because every guy wants to be up on that stage at some point. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like like so I've done stand up. So I know that like when you get up there, it's completely different than when you like before you've gotten up there. You feel like it's one way, and then you get up there, and it's totally different. So what was it like for you? One, the first time you got up there, and then has it changed since? Like, have you, do you approach being up on the stage differently than when you first had to play out in front of front of people? That is a long, long question. I don't know about Seg, because I know Seg has um, performed on stage before. Probably in a bigger situation than me. But, um, I mean, as far as the first time um, that I remember, like, being um, in front of people, like, that I didn't know, was uh, open mic. And I did not plan to do this open mic. I was just kind of bar hopping in Hoboken. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine and I, we get to the Shannon on, like, a third or fourth bar. And they're doing open mic, and he's like, he had heard me play before. He's like, "Yo, you should, you should go up and play." I was like, "I mean, very reluctant." Right. And after a while, he kept on pushing. I was like, "You know what? By the time it gets to me, we're gonna be out of here." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, go. You know, fine, sure." So my friend goes up to the guy to say my friend wants to play, blah blah blah. Right. And he comes back and he's like, "You're up next." <laughs> now. Did that freak you out a little bit? <laughs> To add on top of that, there was this girl that I thought I met months before. Thought was really cute. Randomly at the bar. Always a girl (laughs) sitting like right next, right next where the um, never where where you play. So I go up and I play these two songs that I have. I I know inside out. Tears in heaven, which is not good for like a fucking bar. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Wonderwall <laughs> Little slow yeah. Sad And I'm sitting up on this, this stool And uh, playing the songs With a guitar on my leg Because I'm so nervous My leg is shaking <laughs> Causing me to mess up the chords oh. As I'm playing 
Like noticeably, or you still get nervous? It was noticeable to me. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, you still get nervous because you don't seem like like you know have you know having been to some of your earlier shows like years ago. I feel like maybe there's a little bit nervous beforehand because you're still trying. You know, obviously you've got to still got to remember the song, got to still remember you know be good and that good stuff. But I feel like it's a different type of nervousness than it was before. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm much better. That you know, that story was eight years ago. Right. I'm definitely better now. Right. I think uh, I direct my nervous energy more towards you know who's coming, how many people am I gonna have, right. are my bandmates gonna get here on time <laughs> if I have a band show? Because these guys like to show up like ten minutes to go. Right, right, really right. make it a little more nerve wracking. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'm more concerned about the logistics of everything going on, and that helps take take, take the edge off. Mm. Um, do you like it? I mean, do you, do you enjoy? I guess you do. I mean, you're playing, obviously. So. Well, yeah. Going back to your initial statement is like everybody wants to be on the stage, right. except me. I think I don't think I like <laughs> being on stage. I like playing my music for other people. Sure. I like communicating, you know, whatever it is, my message, my feelings, right. whatever. I like people to hear that and identify with that. Right. But I don't necessarily like being on stage. So, studio performer. Like, I'm just, I'm going somewhere with this, kind of, you know, a little yeah. bit here. Because, you know, as an artist, obviously, you want more people, more people to hear what you're doing. Yeah. But that could be any number of ways, right? It could be, it could be, you know, you just cut some albums in the studio, release some stuff, get lots of airplay, you know. Or you could be like that combo artist that you know releases lots, releases an album, then goes out on tour and does like these big shows. Is that like where, like where, what, what combination of that would be optimal for you? Uh, well, I think um, obviously recording as much music as possible. Uh, so you have like a good body of work, because right. I think Sega and I talk about this with like we're talking about hip hop artists, like who's the best rapper? Like you have to have a good body of work, you know, right. to really be considered in that conversation. So right now, since I've got an EP and, and a solo album, an EP with my band Eleven Floor, and a solo album, um, so I think getting more content out there, not necessarily albums, but just more music. Um, it's definitely key because you want to keep people interested and hearing new stuff from you on a regular basis. Um, but I think you have to play live shows. I just, it's necessary. Sure. Um, that gives a per more personal experience um, and obviously like puts the face with the name as much as um, you know you can do that with video on the internet. Um, as far as sizes of crowds. I don't know. I've never had a crowd uh, bigger than like you know, a hundred people, <laughs> which is which is which was the uh, the album release party like a month ago. hundred of your people. Yeah, more than that total. Yeah, it was a hundred just for you. Uh, and you because you produced the album. So <laughs> let me rewind here a second. You guys have known each other for almost twenty years, right? We're getting uh, close to twenty years. 
I'm, so I'm, how I'm not that even 20 years old, man. We've talked about. We've known each other since we were two, obviously. <laughs> so how did that? So like where? How how did that? How did that occur? I actually always enjoy. I always act like this is like a an annoying story to tell, but I actually enjoy <laughs> describing how we know each other. Because um, so I went to high school with my friend Orpheus. Mm-hmm. So I've known him for like more than 20 years, 25 to 30. Wow. And then he went off to college. Where he met Segnod. And they went to college in like Massachusetts. Yeah. What, what school? Amherst. And so one summer or like whatever, like I think it was not even the summer, it was like freshman year. Oh like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner winter break. Segnod uh, I ended up I definitely crashed at your place. Yeah. <laughs> in uh in Stytown. Um yeah, I think Orpheus uh forced Segnod into the into my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, you threw, like, it's a party at your place, yeah. I think. Wow. My mom's not going to hear this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sending this straight to her. So, at, at that point in time, music, was that in the picture at any level for either of you? Um, I think, um, Well, not really for me. Really? Okay. Cause well, so, a little bit, but not I, really. I remember at high school... Um, Orpheus and then our crew and I, like, we were messing with um, this program, Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops, oh yeah. yeah. You know, messing around making beats and whatever, and um, I think that was the first thing you, you used when you started. But funnily, I hadn't actually used it at that point yet. Uh, so this is freshman year before, so I actually didn't even download the program until, actually, I didn't even download the program. My brother came to pick up, to pick me up last day of school, and Orpheus was in the city and he showed up early, which is uncharacteristic of my brother, and uh, and we were still back, and he was like, you know, let me let me get on like your T1 connection and download this program, <laughs> and, uh, and he downloaded yeah, Free Loops. I had no idea what it was. The funny thing is, I had a drum machine. I got a drum machine as my graduation present in high school, um, so I was into music, but I never actually even really used it. I never even I didn't bring it with me to college. It was like too cumbersome to bring to school. Yeah. So my brother held on to it. Um, but yeah, I didn't download it until until the end of the school year, and then like basically that summer, I had nothing going on in my house, no TV, no internet access. All I had was this computer and this program. My brother downloads like, all right, I guess I got to do something. This program, like, there's nothing else to do, and no video games, like nothing. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around with this Fruity Loops, and that's uh, mm-hmm. so what I did the whole freaking summer. And this next thing you know, weird. So, so Orpheus never like. Yeah. told you about this program that we were using like <laughs> end of high school like you were addicted to no that's no. so odd so you just picked that up on your own well Orbeez was there he was there when my, when, when uh, my brother came to download it but um, but yeah no before that prior to that he wasn't like oh you should get on this program it wasn't any of that so it wasn't until that moment and then that summer really where like I just like started making music never looked back still, so using, the still using the same program still using Fruit Loops so did you guys so, you know, college is over and stuff. Did you guys just maintain this friendship? Or did it, yeah, because sometimes people leave college and then they kind of dissipate and they reconnect somewhere down the road. And was this kind of like a connection that just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think we ever stopped because, I, I mean, I'd come back in New York for, for breaks. We'd hang out. And then when we graduated, it was actually even more just because and we were both here, like, the whole time. Right. So, I mean, obviously, but, from the nature of... Uh, our music relationships. I mean, we hang out more, I think, us than uh, either of us hangs out with maybe Orpheus who right. connected us in the first yeah. place. Right. Um, that seems to be a recurring theme. 
because that's me and you and Megan. I probably have talked to Megan, but you know, there you have. Did you guys talk about album release? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. So. Oh, that was, is that the connection or? Yeah. For okay. us, Megan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we. That was. But ten years almost. Now, huh? I think it's more than that. Is it? It's probably eleven, maybe, maybe even twelve. Yeah. yeah. So we've known each other since we were ten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. Sadler's, um, Sadler's over there. So okay, so you you've maintained this relationship for a long time. When did you? So I remember asking you this before. You, Taught yourself to play the guitar, right? I, I sorry, what? Did you, t- you taught yourself playing guitar, or uh, I mean, I took lessons, you for, took lessons? For, for about three months. Cheat, <laughs> cheat. In, in, in middle school, yeah, I don't know how much uh, that contributed to my uh, my knowledge. I'd be remiss to, to mention Tamer Faruqi. Why? Because he like you know, so I, I took lessons in like end of middle school and fell off of it. Wait, wait, wait. Before you even say that, what prompted the lessons? It must have been yeah. a band. Uh, the girls. Or, or girls. No, see, yeah. that, that's the usual <laughs> thing. I, I feel like that's the usual thing. You see the movies and TV. And like, right. Yeah, girls, man. I don't learn guitar because I'm on Swag. I, I genuinely love the music. Um, I would probably have to... But why the guitar? Why not the piano? I would have to say Eric Clapton. That's um, okay. Um, that's, that's like Star Wars for all musicians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that was probably around Unplugged, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I told you, I learned Tears in Heaven. I know uh, Layla, yeah. um, a few other you know, Eric Clapton songs. Um, but he's kind of the standard for, like, like even when I took uh, guitar lessons, him, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. and a couple other ones are, like, the standards that they yeah. start you out on to yeah. try to play. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely put all those guys together. Um, I, I, and I, I have family in England that essentially all play guitar. Uh, so your family, a couple of uncles, a few, a few cousins, yeah, they all play guitar. So what happened? No, no, no like family band or Partridge family? Yeah. Like what? Uh, I mean, we kind of do that every summer. Uh, I, I go to England. I've been going to England for like the last eight summers or eight years straight, and we pretty much. We either do like an open mic, right. and it's like the Gordon, the that side of him is the Gordons, like kind of take over the open mic. So it'll be like three, four of us in a row. Right. Or um, my cousin does have a, uh, a party every year in his backyard, like a barbecue. He puts up a tent, he puts up speakers and mics, and he puts a drum set, and we all like play together and That's have fun. a good ass time. I consider it a gig, my international gig. So, how does your international side? you know taint or enhance or whatever you how is it how do you how does that influence your music um I mean I would say definitely uh they listen to stuff that I probably would not listen to here um mostly like like stuff that's artists that are in Europe or, or just like music you so this, this is the Scottish side of the family side right? yeah I mean okay. the, uh, the cousins were born in England but yeah the, the yeah. Scottish uh, lineage um yeah, yeah, Sharon. Mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't we don't even know who that is over here in the States um I mean I would just say yeah probably European I mean I, I never heard of this group called Delamitri there's a song that my cousin Alistair plays which I love Delamitri I can't learn it because he, he knows it so that'd be like me stealing his song, but 
Um, I mean, they were huge into Oasis when I was growing up, so like that was a huge um, influence on me. I love Oasis. Uh, Oasis, yeah. And I like I like to think I had an influence on them, even though you know Coldplay is a, a British band. They used to hate on Coldplay when I was like a little younger. Now, like my cousin Andy has brought his family to Coldplay shows, and like they love it. So <laughs> like everyone turns. Everyone started out hating on Coldplay, and then they eventually have. Have they joined us? Have they joined the movement? I think so. I think at this point they're they're kind of considered. Not not quite legendary, but they're definitely considered they've upper got, echelon. They've got a great you know, body of work. Man. They do, they do, and they that's do. a big influence. Like you influenced me because I, to be honest, I really hadn't listened to Coldplay before you started. You know, I started hearing you perform, and we started trying to. You know, people would ask me, and this is a good question for you. People all like I'll at work and they say, "Hey, you're performing. Oh, what kind of what, like what what's his sound? What what's he?" What, what do you tell people when people ask you that? Um, there is never a short answer to that, and, and that's why you have a problem answering that question. Um, I just have a, such a, a breadth of music that I enjoy listening to. There's very few things that I don't like listening to that, um, I mean, you've heard it. Um, either, I think it, it, it kind of expanded for me once I got the, had the band, Eleventh War came together. Um, Greg, my guitarist, was writing stuff, and he's all over the place too. Right. So we had funky stuff, we had like hard rock stuff. Right. Uh, he loves reggae. Um, my stuff initially was singer songwriter. Um, so um, I just I always describe it as you know I, I come from a diverse background, like with my Jamaican father and Scottish mother. Sure. I feel like my music should represent that. Like that, that diversity. So, and, and you know, growing up in New York and going to international school for 13 years, like I, I understand that people think you have to now work down to something, right? And be able to answer that question immediately. I've tried to do it, but I don't necessarily want to do it. It's not reflective of the actual content of right. the music. Right. You listen to the album. Like, sure you listen to Liquid Therapy, like. There's a singer-songwriter aspect. Yep. Um, I was trying to push this album in an R&B um, direction, soul direction. That's why I, I approached Segnon and we wanted to work together on this project. Yep. Um, but then, you know, there's reggae yes. influence in there. And there's, like, little house influence in there. Some blues. Some blues. Some, like, old-school, like, 90s R&B. Yeah. So, um, as far as I tried to narrow that down, that's where it went. Um, so, yeah. your first EP I've heard... This one, obviously, to me, is more robust. And my question, so, this, in your first out, the first EP, which is Love of War, you guys kind of worked with, like, an outside studio, and you didn't really know this guy, and... How different was it for you to work with Seg on this, and how important was it for you guys to kind of like? Because I think your friendship probably enhances the ability to kind of communicate what you're trying to do. And then Seg has worked in a lot of uh, hip hop, R&B, soul, so you're 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 almost you're evolving what you're trying to do 
like there are different sounds in this, there's different feels to this. How did you guys, like what was the process you guys in trying to put together the album itself? Like what, what, like, what were you trying to accomplish? Um, I mean, our friendship aside, I think first and foremost, um, I tell people this all the time, is like Signan is like an amazing producer. Yes, he is. Um, I mean, it's I've true. clearly heard stuff that he's done with other artists, Lafayette Stokely, Lafayette to is name like one. one of my favorite. I listen to him like he's on my, my soul playlist on Spotify. So, um, yeah, I was listening to his album this morning. Yeah, yeah. I got, you know, like forgetting the fact that I, you know, I'm involved. <laughs> I, 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 just, I was just like in the yeah, it's I like, just I good. It's just album good. Today. Yeah, so it just comes up. I mean, yeah. like, and that's how you how he promoted one of the songs, like the singles that he put out, um, the, the come up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, yo, you should put this on your like your gym out, your, your gym playlist. It's on my gym playlist, and when yeah. I'm at the gym. I'm like bugging out to this shit. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, I've worked with Lafayette on a couple of things on his albums, and right. he yeah. came on, go on for this album. Right. Um, and I've, I've said before, I kind of want to be like a Nate Dogg and Warren G to, to, to his Warren G. <laughs> uh, I do a lot more stuff with him, like maybe even a full album. Um, yeah. But sorry, I digress. I, I mean, like like I said, I've, I've heard a lot of what Sagan has done with not just Lafayette, but a bunch of other artists. True. Um, and that's another reason why I approached him because I, I know what he's capable of. But we've also been recording stuff together for years. Mm. This is just the first time we've released thing, like officially released an album together. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Well, you got. I mean, you got. I mean, for years, but we've only been able to. You know, we want to hear it. You know, you guys working in private, man. Well, we, we, we weren't sure you y'all were ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> we decided, you know, now maybe the world is ready for. Oh, okay. For songs yeah. and Sagnan. We finally, we finally proven we worthy. Yeah. 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 I mean, did you hear the opening track to the album Liquid Therapy? Did you hear what this guy did? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you haven't, check it out. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think. I think the fact that we're friends it definitely informs and makes made the process easier. Um, I, you know, obviously, Chris has been performing for years, 11th Ward, and I've, I've been involved, I've been around, you know. Um, you know, early on, I think, before 11th Ward was formed, we spoke about, you know, when you were doing shows solo, I spoke about you building building a band together and kind of making it all, right. making it all uh, come together. Right. And so... I feel like I've been around in the journey, um, you know, even before we were working on an album together, and uh, and so when we finally got to it, even though like you said we've been recording for years, right, years well before we even really, really thought about doing this album in particular, right. Um, so, you know, I feel like I kind of knew where he was going. I I know his sound. I know you know I know what he does. I know what what um, you know. Uh, he knows how to get shit out of me too. Yeah. Right? That's important. I, 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 I think, I'll, yeah. I'll go through a run through of a song vocally and just right. like sing like this, and right. he'll be like, "That's great, that's great, that's great." He's always positive, and he's like, "But why don't we try this?" <laughs> and then he's like, "All right, why don't you try and push like you know?" Nice. And, and, and he, yeah, he just consistently he's done that. Yeah, I mean, my process is always to never like try to you know change you know what Chris is doing and like change the sound, like, change. The trajectory of what you know, and and the tone and the direction and exactly what what it is he does. It's to kind of like say, all right, well, let's you know. I think the point of collaboration is kind of like, I, you do what you do, I do what I do. Let's blend these two. Let's kind of like create something that neither of us would create independently. 
you know, rather than like, hey, I do this thing, you need to do this thing. And so uh, I think we we uh, we did a really good job of that. And I think that when we, you know, we started thinking about the album and like, it was a real organic process. You know, like he came over one day and was like, let's let's work. Let's he was he was actually gonna come over. He was like, hey, let's work on some new stuff. I have something I want to record. I I I started working on a track. Uh, Chris doesn't know this. It was like an hour before he came over. <laughs> I started working on something. I was like, you know, let me make sure I put something together for him. And I had stuff. I, of course, I have all kinds of instrumentals and things uh, sure. I've been working on for years. But I was like, let me kind of focus on something. And that ended up being Go On. Um, and uh, which I, th- I think was it's funny, it's one of the first songs that we kind of knew like was going to be definitely be on the album. Right. It was kind of like, all right, we have this. Now let's kind of work. You know, let's work around what we have with this. This is going to be on the album. Right. What else is going to be on the album? Right, right. And so we kind of went from there, and and I think it was great because I think it, like we did a, a good job. I think of blending kind of uh, everything that Chris does really, really well. You know, and R and B, soul, blues. You know, there's a like, reggae. There's a lot of different styles on there. I think there was a, think, one that was a western that had that that almost country Lonely road. That's yeah. Look, I, I love ghosts. I was actually listening to it uh, last night while I was sitting there and watching the game. But um, that's actually one of my favorite songs off the album. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Me too. Me too. It's like for like it, for those people who who actually know you and have seen you perform live to hear that come out of you. Well, it was surprising. Like. If you really want to decide, dude, I think the one thing I've learned about this album from, like, the both of you from this album is that you you guys could do, like, if you decided tomorrow, all right, we're only going to do rock, or we're only going to do R&B, or only going to do, you guys could succeed in any one genre you wanted to do, because this album, to me, is, this, is like this, um... It was just—it was good, dude. I was like, "This is good." I mean, it was—it was—it was country. It was like—it wasn't like because sometimes what happens is like, like I could sing a country song, but doesn't mean I'm gonna sound country. Doesn't mean I'm gonna emote country, or it doesn't gonna feel like that's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this felt like it was. This. This was. This was the real deal. I mean, I don't know how much you thought about that when you were making it, but you know, not, I, not at all. I put that in my soundtrack, <laughs> like for a film, at any point in time. That, that you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think definitely after what Segnon did to it, you know, those um, really cool. I don't know vocal samples and yeah, I thought that was cool. The uh, the heavy drums and like. Everything that you kind of put together definitely like made it a little more theatrical. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've even like after talking to a filmmaker, you know, about a project he's working on and maybe scoring something, I was like, I directed him towards that. I was like, okay, well, you know, he he mentioned that you know a lot of the stuff he heard from the Eleventh Ward EP because that's what he listened to. Right. Before we spoke, he was like, I don't know if it's gonna fit in with like this this uh, project I'm working on. All right, well. I have plenty of stuff that's not like that. Right. Plenty of like singer songwriter acoustic stuff. Right. Um, Lonely Road being one of them. I was right. like, I got, I got stuff for you. I got stuff for you. <laughs> well, I think, I think that you know, I mean, Chris's voice. I think, I think, I think it lends to that, and I think that's what it was. It's, 
Like when you when you I mean when you recorded Lone the Road to me like everything that's on the track now I heard when you were like in some form or fashion not exactly the way it is but I, when you recorded I was like wow this track is that this track is like it's cinematic to yeah. me I felt like I Lonely Road I felt like I was out in the middle of the road somewhere I felt like honestly I felt like Book of Eli like when you, you imagine the poster <laughs> of what Book of Eli is that's like when when you played the yeah. song I was like that's what I feel not not, so, not Logan. Logan, <laughs> less Logan, because it, it felt very much am, like a. Am I aiming too high? There? It felt very. Uh... Oh, I, I felt that, like I felt like almost like deserts. You know, it felt very like. Man, like I'm yeah, like, I'm really out there. Like there's there's no one for hundreds of miles. You know, I, that's that's the feeling I got, yeah. and uh, visually, and so cinematically, that's what I tried to. The, those little pieces I tried to add to it, but I felt like it was there. And I was like, that's there. Let me just sprinkle in this stuff. I think you guys could do, if you guys were, if someone came to you and said, you know, we want you guys to score our film, like, and it was like Book of Eli or something like that, I, think you, I really think you guys would do a really fantastic job. Because I think there's a good combination of sensibility about um, what, what you guys are trying to do. I think that... That's a tough thing to do because, you know, in this, you know, aside from you, this does speak a little bit about your abilities as a producer because I think as a producer is kind of on an album is to a director on a film um, really is about what Chris goes back to is saying, getting, pulling stuff out of the artist, um, taking things that maybe um, that might be this way and kind of not changing it but you know you know using it to create something that's new within the feedback of, of the artists that you're working with and not abandoning you because it's I think sometimes as producers it's real easy to kind of override that this person's opinion and, I, and so my question, I guess, is where did you like? Where do you, like? Where do you get that? Where do you get that from as a producer? Like, where? How do you like? Where did you learn your producing skills? Well, I mean, as far as for this project, honestly, like it, it helped working with a really good songwriter helps. You know, right. like, like 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 having a, a, a direction, having a this is kind of where I'm going, having something that's like it's not a blank canvas. Just working off of and just doing whatever. Right. It's Chris has got a tone and a direction. Right. You know, how can I do what I do to like further enhance what it is he's, he's doing? You know, like how can I bring that out even even more with what, what I do? Um, so on Lonely Road, that's what that's what it felt like for me. Um, more broadly speaking, you know, yeah, like you said, like I think director is kind of in a way it's a it's a, it's a good uh, analogy. You know. In a way, coach or something is. It, it, I think for me, it feels more like, like we're like we have the same destination, right? We're trying to get to the same place, right? And you know, you do what you do. You bring, you know, your talents, right? Like, uh, and and I and I do kind of what I do to and hit, to like just really just to like to bring it out, just to kind of highlight it, and 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 for me, I, I think a lot of it is like it's really just a matter of uh, a lot of it's like what do, what do I like, you know? Like what what do I want to hear? And, and I always think of, of songs as like, uh, you know, it's almost like we live in an ADD 
world <laughs> where I always think, when is this? And I think it's not, it's not pushed for anything. Right. When is the listener's ear going to get bored? You know, like, when do they need something? Right. You know, when, like, I always think of it as like, all right, I got him for this first 10 seconds. I got him for this next 30 seconds. Right. Him, you know, but I got to keep keep him, keep him there. All right, right. they got to the chorus. Now they're on the chorus. I know I'm going to keep him for the chorus. Right. But what's going to happen after the chorus? Right. Am I going to lose him by the time I get to the second verse? Right. And I always think of elements that, that kind of keep them, if it's like a wave, keep them riding that wave until they're, you know, uh, until the ear goes, oh, well, what's going on? I'm kind of, now I know where this is going. I know what's going to happen. And now, try to give something different at that point. I, and this is probably for my own personal. Do you necessarily have to be a like a musician to be a producer? Like, do you feel like there's an advantage or a disadvantage to that? I mean, if you mean like classically trained, uh, I mean, yes, I, so I'm not classically trained, right? And uh, and I think that there's advantages and disadvantages to both. I mean, I think that if you're classically trained. It's you know it's like uh, it's a skill set you've got in your belt that's really nice to have. It's, right. it's nice to be able to explain things uh, from a musical perspective that's and translate very easily. Sure. Right. Like same thing with engine being an engineer. If you're an engineer, you know to be able to, to, to easily translate something sonically to make it sound exactly the way you want right. helps. Right. Um, but in some ways, I think that you know uh, a lot of classically trained musicians think of things. In a very particular fashion, right? right? In a very like, this is done this way. This is this is the structure. This is this is the way things are traditionally done. Sure. Um, and when you don't have that, in some in some ways that's helpful. When you don't have that, what I would call in sometimes a block. You know, you're not forced to think, oh well, it's got to be this way. It's like, well, right. I'm just going to do it this way. And then, and then someone who's not classic trends like, well, what, what, what is that you just did? What is that? What, 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 what choice was that? That was an interesting choice. It's like, right. I think uh, I've, I've experienced that with um, my bassist Ben. Yeah. Um, where I think um, how long that song? You know, I consider it blues. Yeah. And when I go to that change up uh, to like the transition, he's like, well, you should really do it this way. But that's fine. That's fine. You're like. <laughs> yeah, like I, if I was classically trained, maybe I would have written it this particular way. But now because I'm right. essentially like free to do whatever the hell I want, right. <laughs> I, I went to this chord instead of this chord. So yeah, um, we had that conversation where he is a music teacher, classically trained, knows a, you know a dozen plus instruments, but I'm not, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think right. it's a help. I think it's certainly a help in terms of like that structure, that block, that that you know. Again, it's good to have some structure. And I think over time, the more you, you know, the more we, like, as creators, just create music, right. the more that those those structures get kind of, like, ingrained, like, oh, it's going to be a chorus, and, like, and, a, and, a, and a couple, you know, like, you learn the basics of it, but in a way, I think it's good to not, to not like, start with that. You know, like, to start kind of, like, it's almost, to me, like, it's almost like a, a child who's, like, who's, like, painting and drawing or, like, or writing. It's, like... You know, they come up with all kinds of crazy things that, that you're like, you know, you wouldn't sell a child. Well, you, well the, the structure there is completely wrong. You, right. you, you got to come in with an, an intro. You got to do this. You know, you're drawing outside the lines. You say, this is not how it's, you know, like, yeah. that's how you create things that haven't been created before. Because you know? you're free from the constraint of, like, it's like the constraint with, of knowledge. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> true. it's yeah, true. Right. It's I true. mean, a lot of creating is getting out, getting away from the brain and getting into, like, the heart and the soul and, like, you know, like it's like jamming improv. It's like if you don't know that if you don't know what you don't know, then you know what I mean. That's basically what it comes down to. If you don't know that you don't know this, then 
you, you're free to kind of do whatever it is. Yeah. And then people will come back to you and say, well, you know, you're not supposed to do it that way. Well, or, or you can't do it this way, but I, but I did. Yeah, I did, and it, and, and it worked. And it worked. But on and top so, of that, yeah. um, even from my perspective, you know, listening to the music you listen to obviously influences how you write music. Um, I mean, I am not knowledgeable, again, uh, classically trained to know you have a structure of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, whatever, sure. or I think something that the Beatles brought in, I'm, I may be making this up, but I heard it, and it was like verse, verse, chorus, and now you're doing something different yeah. um, to kind of keep people in the verse sure. phase and then, and then switch it up a little later. Um, and that created like a little more interesting kind of texture to the song. Right? Yeah. And I think between those two things, kind of the direction I go, I think uh, particularly on Ghosts. Uh, right, right. Segnon said, well, I kind of removed this and moved this around. And I was like, I'm sorry, you changed my song? <laughs> uh, but the end result, as you know, that's me writing suddenly a certain way and then Segnon as a producer seeing it a different way sure. um, keeping that interest he was talking about for the listener um, attention spans being what they are these days right. like being ADD right. um, and it shortened the song a significant amount and right. I think um, clearly the end product I think was very good that's the, the video that we made for the first single coming out so yep. Yep. kind of a great example of the way one person sees music the way another person hears it and um, considering outside like the listener. Right, yeah. right, right. And, you know, it's, you know, music is, um, you know, it should be, I think I always felt like if I were going to be a musician, and I think this is one of the reasons why so many people like guys like Prince and, you know, is that they, they weren't afraid to, um, make mistakes they weren't afraid to try other things they weren't afraid to do what they thought was going to be good music and they had a he had a lot of um, confidence in what he considered good music I think it, so much maybe sometimes too much to the point where he, he didn't make music based on what public opinion was it was more about Creating this interesting—it's a, it's a, being an artist. You, you want to create an image that's as captivating as possible because you want people to think about it and see it and feel it and all those things. But if you maintain the same uh, thought process as this guy and this guy and this guy, you end up getting the same image, regardless of who's painting it. You know what I mean? So You're I, right. And I think I think that's what's happening. I think. A lot of that happens today, uh, yeah. And exactly. I think that uh, one of the problems of you know record labels are kind of not as not as significant as they used to be in terms of uh, you know back in the day it was you create your demo tape, right? You get it to a record label, hope they sign you. They give you know they give you an advance. You work with their producers. You yep. sharpen your sound. You yep. polish it, yep. and then you put something out. Now it's 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 easier to put things out on your own. You can you know you can distribute them yourself. You can get them on. Right. Um, but what, what ends up happening is a lot of artists turn to emulate. Right. They they kind of go, well, what's what's trending right now, and what's you know what was the hottest song from two weeks ago, and that is what people end up churning out. And yep. I think that yeah, with 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 artists like Prince, you know, um, you know, you had people who just kind of would just 
make just just make something, just create it. And like I don't want the, there was no the goal wasn't to emulate. Right. And I, I think I think with our project we, we certainly weren't thinking. Well, is this you know is this popping right now or who who's out right now that we're we're chasing? Like should we should we we weren't listening to Ed Sheeran or we weren't right. listening to Bruno Mars. Right. We weren't sitting there and going should yeah, we be doing this? I mean you know me, we didn't listen to anything. Me in particular, I the, the highest compliment you can pay pay me. Everyone listen up. Is that my music is original? Yeah. <laughs> and if you tell me the opposite, I, I, I go home and cry to my pillow. <laughs> so it's absolutely like not, I try to avoid that cookie cutter um, right. formula that a lot of artists are trying to use or emulate. Um, I, I think I wouldn't say I'm like groundbreak a groundbreaking right. artist. Like this is like a new thing. Like maybe sure. a Prince or Michael Jackson. Right. 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 But um, I, I, a lot of what I'm seeing, something that I kind of I do like today, as you see artists like Ed Sheeran sure. or Bruno Mars, sure. um, where going back to your earlier question, what's your sound? They are doing a lot of different things. Right. You've heard them do pop stuff. Ed Sheeran in particular definitely has pop, but he definitely has reggae, right. <laughs> a little yeah. dancehall feel in a certain shape of you. Right. Um, Singer-songwriter, obviously, is kind of where his roots are as well. Bruno Mars, like funk, Motown, pop, 90s R&B, 90s R&B, like it's yeah. most recently, like you have like this poison sound. In yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now I feel like I've been doing that for a while, yeah. <laughs> but this is like the trend I like. Sure. I like this trend. Right. Um, yeah, maybe they're emulating certain things, but they're not. Like, I don't think 90s R&B is uh, trending right now. No, no. So that was outside the box, and that was good. Yeah. And I think, I think, I will say that, you know, what we what we did with this album, I think, is we certainly showcased uh, the ability to do whatever we want to do. You know, like, yeah, like you I said. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, if, if, if we were to sit down, and that's the only thing I'll say is if me and Chris, if me and Chris get together and decide, hey, we want to make a, a blues album, it will take me and Chris. That'd be kind of in a studio and no one else and literally me and Chris would go to the studio and then you know a few weeks later we could you know or a couple months if we wanted to stretch it out we'll, put, we'll give you a blues album is that, is that the next project? Is that what it could be the next project uh, or we could give you an R&B album stay, stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned I like that that would be kind of yeah, and, I, and I, I think there's very few artists that you could say you know again not with that any Chris writes his own stuff uh, and has a lot of songs, not just the songs that are on this album, a lot of, not just the songs we've recorded, a lot of other songs we haven't even recorded. A lot of things he sent me demo. Well, I feel like we have recorded about we've recorded 30 a lot. to 40 songs. Yeah, <laughs> like, really? yeah, we've recorded a lot. And of course, I've written X amount more. So. Yeah. So that's where this all comes from, right? Because you hear about artists that, you know, obviously they don't put out tons of songs or uh, songs or tons of albums. But you always hear toward like, you know, late in their careers that they've got these massive libraries of art of, of, of music. And I'm like, when the hell do you find time to create all of this stuff? Like where like seriously, when do you like where do you like where like seriously, where I mean I'll say this about Chris. Chris is, is always writing, you know? He's always coming up with songs. Where are you getting most of your inspiration from? Like like how do you how do you find most of your inspiration comes 
Is it just kind of like sitting on the subway? Oh, yeah, that dude looks like an idiot. I'm going to write a song called, you know... Dude looks like an idiot. <laughs> you know... Sorry, I stole that from Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I don't know if this is true. I'd love, love to have this conversation with a lot of different artists. Um, when I was a younger artist, um, it was purely personal experience, uh, mostly like heartache, or maybe heart happiness, whatever. Mostly heartache, because I'm depressing. Um, and I would use that. As I've matured as an artist, um, it's I'm having a conversation with someone and they're like they say something and I'm like wow that'd be a great song title or song lyric um, and then it, it'll, it'll evolve from there I actually sat down with my friend D one uh, day for lunch and we were exchanging like I have a list of song titles he has a list of songs like poem or song titles and we were just exchanging ideas and he goes oh how about this one Palace of Marvels uh, yeah. I heard Palace of Marbles <laughs> and now that's a song and I think it's a pretty awesome song it is <laughs> so, it is and that's going to be coming out uh, soon yeah that is hopefully uh, we get that yeah. squared away yeah. um, I'm working with Sagnon on that as well um, and sometimes it's just a, a tune or melody pops in your head and I go home or if I'm lucky I'm home and I just start playing what I hear on my guitar and and it builds from there you do you know? play every do you play every night like it's just like are you sitting on the couch, like, you know, like the tip, stereotypical, in the dark, with your bottle of whiskey, uh, you know. Rum, 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 rum. rum, 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 rum. Sorry, rum. sorry, rum. <laughs> and, you know, commiserating over lost memories, you know, or, you know, it's just... I, I, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish I was, um, not, not the alcohol part. Well, yes, that too, but... Um, liquid therapy. Liquid, liquid therapy, therapy, really. Um... I wish I had time to play more because I'm not a, prof uh, a professional musician per se. Uh, I got a day job. It takes up eight to nine hours of my day. Uh, what? You're not playing in the Xerox room? <laughs> I work at a pretty serious company, so I can't do that. But, uh, you, know, you know, life, I play basketball. I have my friends, I, you know, stuff like this, girlfriends. So um, Sometimes I do wonder, like, if I was a professional musician, like, I just had all day to just sit there and write, practice, perform, um, what would happen. But as it is, um, you know, just sometimes I'm, I'm home, I'm in the right place at the right time, inspiration hits, and I'm able to, I am able to, like, you know, push out songs in, like, an hour. Um, which, yeah, like I'm glad I'm able to do that. <laughs> um, it makes it a very uh, efficient. And I, I, I would say that I think that's maybe in part due to having the balance of, you know, like I think if you're sitting around, I need to work on music all day, they're probably prone to have more blocks. And I think, I think having a life yeah. gives you things, one, to write about, right? <laughs> like to, to live life, to actually think about, puts you in that place. And then when, you know, then when, you, when, you, when you are writing, you're like, Man, I want to write something right now. Right. You know, like rather than oh, man, I gotta write something. I gotta sit like yeah, today. Yeah, I gotta sit and write right. something. You gotta write it right now. Yeah. You know, I, 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 sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. I haven't written in like two weeks. I'm yeah. sitting down tonight. That's why I'm home at five thirty. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah. I, to to your point about like having a life and yeah. you know that being obviously feeding 
um, your, your creativity and inspiration. Like uh, the song um, "A Walk in the Park" oh, yeah. was me just being out in Harlem till 2 a.m. drinking, and on the walk home, I was in a Coldplay mood that night. I walked from 116th. Uh, 67 Orange, 116th and Frederick yeah. Douglass, yeah. maybe even higher, 121st, all the way down uh, East Central Park, Central Park East to 59th Street at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I was listening to Coldplay. I'm just singing my ass off, and I got I got home. I think I got home, but like, you know, 3, I took a car from 59th. I think I just started writing that song called A Walk in the Park. Yeah. Um, and on the way home, I took pictures of the pond. I took pictures of a museum. I think it was the Frick. And then I took pictures of that um, like World War One Memorial. Yeah. And and the Plaza Hotel. And just to remember, and those are all featured in the song. Um, and that's you know that was just me drinking to the early hours of the morning. And just feeling really fucking musical. Well, I, I mean, one thing I'll say is that it is great that like your songs are all real songs. Like, like the lyrics are actually real things that you are going through, things that you that happened. Um, you know, they're not just like feels like rain, right? Like, like you are detailing you walking around. <laughs> you know, li- like literally. You know, like this is this, this happened, and right. I think I think that's it, it's odd that it's rare nowadays. That like. And, 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 and I think I think there's a there's a very like it's funny that as we've moved away from record labels and people have more control of their own music, people have kind of made more carbon copy music. It's it's it's, it's almost like people are are A and Ring themselves. That like people are saying people are creating the A and R who says you need a hit record in their head, and then feeling this need to write this these generic gimmicky things that don't mean anything, and. You know, Chris. You know, didn't do that at all. This project. I feel like the Liquid Therapy. Like, it's like, oh, this song is about this. This moment was, you know, right. this moment when I was walking downtown on Bleecker Street. Right. You know, like. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, that's like kind of the. I mean, that is the point of it. Um, it was. It was. Was um, to replicate different parts in your life, everyday life. Um, obviously, this is related heavily to like being out and drinking, but hanging out with friends, you know, meeting a girl, what you do throughout the relationship, um, after the relationship, if it didn't, yeah, it didn't, yeah. You know, it's still not going, yeah. And that relationship um, between people, and then you know how you deal with that. I mean, I'm a big drinker, so obviously that's why. Liquid therapy. Liquid therapy. That's why, that's why I went in that direction. I mean, that's me. That speaks to me. and a lot life. of people. Yeah. A lot of us. Um, you know, that's kind of, you know, we hang out a lot when we're drinking. The yeah. three of us right here. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Darren said <laughs> reluctantly. Yeah. And the San Pellegrino. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? What's, like, you know, where, where, where are you? Where do you want to be? Where are you going? What do you want to do? What's what's next for the orangey dog? <laughs> He's Joel Santana in this, in this analogy, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I know I know um, Segnon is always working. He's got a lot of projects he's working on now. A lot of artists he's working with. Hope he hopefully can make time for me. I like, uh, I told you before. I like listening to like. Listen, but listening to your Instagram, 
and you do all those little vignettes and whatnot. Yeah. I love I, I, I thoroughly enjoy them. Those are the Thank only you. thing on Instagram that I will un, <laughs> un, like, unsilence the video to <laughs> Thank you. So you should continue doing that because I think that's kind of hard. Well, that's how, that's how I find uh, a lot of my... Uh, my next beats. Hey, I got. I call that one. I call that one. That's mine. <laughs> and I, yeah, I try to, uh, you know, try to throw things out there to just inspiration, you know, yeah. and 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 you know, things to to, to to inspire the next project, the next song, the next, you know, if Chris hears something, it's like, hey, that that sparked an idea. Right. Great, you know. Right. But as far as uh, you know, we're we're, we're working on some new stuff. Um, yeah. I know you you got a record that that you know we we, we got to record coming up yeah I mean we have um, I mean a couple of things we gotta finish up and, and, yeah. and there were songs that frankly one of my favorite songs that didn't just didn't out. work for this this particular project the two songs actually we had House of Marvels is a great song right. it didn't fit for this project right. um, and uh, you know uh, there were a couple other songs Singing songs, songs for No One it's one of my favorite songs which you know, uh, she's been talking about for years. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't. Uh, we haven't. Supernova. There's other. I mean, there's lots of songs that Chris has sure. got in the stash. Not to mention other songs that you've written that we haven't recorded right. yet. I've got a couple. I mean, looking back, I remember I wrote this. I wrote a song called "The Gutter" as as the album is like being completed. Definitely sounds the gutter, liquid yeah. therapy. The gutter kind of sounds like it goes together. So yeah, uh, we have talked about uh, an EP to follow this up called yeah. "Liquid Therapy yeah. Two deeper into the glass yeah. where we throw yeah. on a yeah, four before songs a couple of the ones that didn't make the album and a couple of new ones that definitely fit that theme Yeah, and just, just some singles uh, I think Palace of Marbles would be like a single we throw out there yeah. Yeah. Um, that we've, we've already actually done a lot of recording for vocals, guitar right. yeah. uh, Segnon produced some stuff added some stuff Ben, ben, some, ben, had some ben stuff my live, bassist some added live. some flute yeah. oh, some really? live flute and yeah. some, some strings through the keyboard so um, that one's already sounding great. You yeah. just need to finish it off, polish it, and yeah. release it to the world. And, um, and, and uh, you know, obviously, Liquid Therapy, I mean, there's a, you know, we want to release some, some more singles. Um, there's a lot of great songs on there that we want to shoot some videos for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm speaking to uh, a couple people about videos right now, some film, uh, videographers. So. Okay. Yeah. So we're expecting some... Some new video, hopefully within the next so X amount of time. So, yeah. You're performing live again soon. Yeah, uh, well, I just had a show this past weekend. Right. Um, um, I'm actually performing next week, uh, April 3rd and 6th. Uh, one's a charity event, so if anybody's into charities, it's a suicide prevention um, event at the Bitter End from 7 to 9 on uh, April 3rd, Tuesday. Okay. Uh, then there's a uh, uh, Anniversary for a uh, open mic that's on the sixth. That's from a seven to one in the morning. Uh, I'll be probably within the first hour or so. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, gigs spread it so sprinkled throughout. Uh, April twenty first, we have May, uh, June, and August booked. So you're going to be in Brooklyn too, right? You're Brooklyn, going to Brooklyn. Is May eighteenth is Brooklyn, uh, the Well. Never been there, so looking forward to that one. I've heard some good things about it. And uh, I have some trips planned, so uh, abroad. So I'm hoping to book some gigs while I'm in uh, England and, and Australia this year. Well, look, um, we, you asked me earlier, you got like whether you, I've ever had a repeat customer on the podcast. Um, you guys are welcome to come back anytime, anytime you want. 
what, what we'll discuss. You can actually <laughs> pop in on one of my other podcasts. So while I'm doing something, you know, and um, I would love to find, be able to, you know, uh, have you guys back. Yeah. Um, An update. Either, yeah. yeah, it's an update, you know, um, and uh, where can people find each of you on social media? I'm Segnon TV on Instagram. Okay. That's S E G N O N TV. Yep. Uh, that's where you know you get snippets of my music and best place to find me. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, actually, I wanna. I have a few filmmakers I wanna send their way because I okay. think you guys would do well to like maybe let them. They can provide you some snippets and some stuff. That, yeah, some, I, some, you know I love to blend the video mm-hmm. and audio. There's a dude from Marvel I want to connect you with. I think that would be cool if you got some kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the third wheel over here. And where, where are people find you? Um, uh, I mean everywhere. I'm YouTube. Uh, find me Chris Saunders music um, I'm Chris Saunders underscore music on Instagram uh, but yeah anywhere you look uh, Chris Saunders music yeah. Facebook uh, YouTube um, and the album Liquid Therapy is available everywhere streaming iTunes Apple Music get that Spotify. album there will definitely be something on there that you will like yeah. I can guarantee you that. I don't doubt that I, I, I actually was like speaking I listened to another artist's uh, album recently I was like, I like this song. She's like, that's great. Like, it's got this uh, feeling. Like everyone has said they like, they have a favorite different song. That's, I think that's this a, album has been the same. That, that's how I know it's good. Kids love this. Kids love this. Oh, we got, we got kids <laughs> dancing on Instagram to, to the ghost track. It's so. hilarious. I love seeing all these kids <laughs> yeah. dance to the songs. It's, it's great. I mean, honestly, like, when, you, when you have an album that you have young people, people across different demographics, and then people saying... Everyone asks, "Oh, what's your favorite song?" And, and people all saying different songs. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's been like, oh, like, uh, you know, there's like one song that's like standing. Like every every single person is like, this song touched me. This yeah. song, like, this song is for me. People who listen to, to rock love a particular song. People who listen to hip hop like, oh, this is my song. Yeah, I, but I also think, um, and I've been telling people, you know, Segnon and I like really thought about um, track order. Right. So. There's a lot of different sounds on this album, and a lot of different favorites from different people. Um, but listening it from front to back, yeah, um, we feel like really uh, had a great flow to it, yeah, um, and, and had created a great experience. Yeah, I love. That's the to me. That's the that's the that's the secret sauce in an album. If you can listen to an album from the first to the last. It, and it, regardless of whether it's the same type of feeling or sound to it, 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 it almost tells a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The best albums in history are all albums where when you listen to them, it's almost like listening to a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you guys, you know, I... I I'm, I've been more impressed, and uh, again, make sure you guys come back. Let me know what's going on. Absolutely, me, yeah. And, um, you got to swing by the studio too. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't been there. I gotta put my vocals yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best. We'll, we'll get you on the next project. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. You're not making promises, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. I might be 
might be like that secret underground brother. It's true. Like, oh. It's true. You never know. He <laughs> might, might have some secret skills. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you coming in and being part of the podcast. Anytime. Thank Anytime. you, man. We'll talk appreciate soon. It. Thanks. Yes. Thank you.